For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Uh, that's my microphone. And now if I can just get you talking a little bit. Okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Perfect. Nine, ten. Okay. Perfect. Um, so um, I'm, I'm recording now, but this I'm going to cut it all out. Um, but basically... Yeah. We have about 15 minutes. I'm going to probably take about five minutes of it to play on WSB next uh, the week next week, um, and yes, then sir. the rest of it will go online on our on-demand page. Um, okay. So, um, but what I want to start with, I'm going to start like we're on the radio, um, and I'm going to start in yes, three. Sir. Three, two, one. Uh, on the phone with uh, Billy Payne, one of the drivers of the uh, Olympics when it came to Atlanta Olympics. And we're on the phone talking about that uh, time in uh, Atlanta history, but also his work with Andy Young as we move to celebrate uh, 90 years young for Ambassador Andy Young. Uh, Mr. Payne, thank you for joining Word on the Street. Well, thank you. My pleasure. Um, so let's first tell us, when you first said, let's bring the Olympics to Atlanta. What was the reaction that you got? Well, I was in Andy's office. I'd been, um, I'd been fortunate to have a friend who was a friend and supporter of Andy's set up a meeting for me. Uh, only a couple of months after I'd had the idea that maybe Atlanta and the Olympics would be a good connection. And at the time, I knew that uh, it would be absolutely essential that the private sector and the city government uh, work as a partnership. And that meant, of course, uh, the bear of the city of Atlanta would be very prominent uh, in the effort. And so he was the mayor. And while I didn't know him, I had a friend set up a meeting for me. And so he was the mayor. What was more important to having um, Ambassador Young involved pitching the Olympics uh, to the International Olympic Committee to bring it to Atlanta. What was more important, you think, him being mayor or him being uh, Andy Young's civil rights icon? Oh, that's a great question um, and a fun one to answer. Uh, he, uh, he being the mayor, of course, was essential. Uh, as I said, there had to be a partnership, a formal partnership, between the private sector and the and the government, the city of Atlanta. And so Andy was that guy because he was the mayor. He also happened to be, and thank goodness he was, um, world famous and renowned for his work as a civil rights leader, his history with the movement, and the great respect that um, he held throughout the world. Just unbelievable. Uh, that's fascinating because um, I can only imagine what, what how did the International Olympic Committee receive your guys you guys when you first made your pitch that first initial meeting with the IOC well I think uh, <laughs> I think the first pitch they received us the way everybody else did after we formed our partnership and that was everybody laughed at us and they said you talking about like the real Olympics 
or, <laughs> or what is this you're really pushing? Indeed, um, many members of the IOC that we had to lobby over the next two years to get their vote and support, they didn't know where Atlanta was. And um, we used to have a standard joke. Uh, they confused us with Atlantic City, and we'd introduce ourselves, and they would say, oh, yes, that's where we can come gamble. <laughs> <laughs> That's and interesting. So it, it was um, it was a significant uh, significant effort to to get Atlanta to stand out as one of the great American cities, but of course, uh, helping us do that uh, was Andy Young, and of course, the esteemed reputation of Dr. King around the world. We're on the phone with Billy Payne, um, one of the primary drivers and organizers with Ambassador Andy Young to bring the Olympics uh, to Atlanta in uh, 1996, it was, correct? Yes, sir. Yeah. So so my next question is, and, and this is, without a doubt, the Olympics coming to Atlanta has been the, the, the growth of this region uh, and the state in, 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 in one way, but the region in, in particular. And we've seen that tremendous growth. We've seen the building. We see the people moving here. Did you know that was going to be the outcome? You know, it wasn't, the, it wasn't the thing that I had to think about the most, but I think clearly I was convinced that once we introduced the friendliness of the people of Atlanta, uh, the hospitality that we Southerners embraced so strongly and, and were so proud of, a couple with our reputation uh, as being a civil rights leader, being a community where uh, black and white had worked together um, so wonderfully through and after the civil rights movement, you know, we were, we were a shining star on the hill. And, and I was certain that once they got to know us, if we could get them to know us enough within the time we had to convince them that uh, we would make a great impression. I, um, I'm so appreciative as a conservative that you used a quote from Ronald Reagan uh, to describe Atlanta. <laughs> I think that's wonderful, sir. Well played, yes, sir. sir. Well played. Um, so as we go forward, we're in the future now. We see what the, the Olympics brought to Atlanta. Um, and we talked about the importance of Andy Young being a part of that in, in both his civil rights legacy and being the mayor of Atlanta. What were some of the things you heard, specific things that you heard while you were pitching? You both were going out to pitch the Olympics. Um, what were some of the things you heard internally, like from Atlantans, business community, the, the, the community, activist community? Like, what were some of the things that yes, you sir. were hearing? Well, I, you know, we had to do several things. First, we were coming off of the relatively recent financial disaster of the Montreal Olympics. Um, where they made a go of it and did did a fine job, but it it uh, in, it placed uh, the public in significant debt. So you have to you have to get over that hurdle because everybody says Olympics. Oh yeah, I, I want to support you. I want to be a part of bringing the world together. And then the second question they ask themselves is, how much is this going to cost me? And so we had to put together a financial plan using essentially the private sector that would protect the taxpayers of Atlanta and Georgia 
uh, from any significant debt. And fortunately, uh, we were able to do that. Were the international community, were they surprised at the number, uh, the amount of private monies you guys raised in a city that they admittedly never heard of, as you said earlier? Yes, sir. Uh, I think more than surprised. Um, when we first advocated our plan and told them we were going to do it exclusively privately, uh, they kind of laughed at us, thinking that, well, that's not possible. And we said, well, you know, the strength of the American uh, corporate base, coupled with a very cooperative and stable uh, city and state government, that's a very strong combination, very strong combination. And so, you know, we told them we would raise X billion dollars, and I'm sure there were some naysayers. And, you know, at the time we said it, we probably weren't so sure we could do it either. Right. Uh, at the same time, through leadership of Andy, through a wonderful Atlanta corporate community, through the great cooperation of the city, you know, we were able to do it. I guess I want to ask this question, and, 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 and I know you're a very nice man, so you may not answer it specifically. Huh. But, but I'd really like to know, in these kind of stories, in these success stories, right, there's always yes, people that were pushing back and did not get involved. Can you give us an example of, of a company or, or a group that had wanted nothing to do to, with the Olympics and then it became the success <laughs> um, and then they rue the day that they didn't join? Well, you know, I, I can't specifically because I'm a positive person right. that believes <laughs> in the if, – if, if the cause is worthy, in my opinion, it's only effort – uh, that has to be produced in order to achieve the result that you want. So I was, I was very confident from the beginning, and there were tons of naysayers. Don't get me wrong, but uh, my, my the way I responded to that was, well, I don't have time to deal with that. Gotcha. Uh, you know, I want to talk to the people who are positive, who want to help. So the naysayers, let's go back to that. What was some of their pushback? We talked about the debt that Montreal had incurred, so we know money yes, and debt was a, a, a pushback. What was some of the other pushbacks? Was was it growth? You know, like, I, were there people that did not want to see the metropolitan region grow? You know, because there are some people that like things to be, hey, I like it small, I like it course. peaceful, I like it, you know, I don't want a whole bunch of people here. Was that part of um, any of the naysayers? You know, you know, I'm certain it was. I, I don't remember it being institutionalized uh, to the extent that we had to deal with that too much. I think what we had to overcome principally and dispositively was the fact that when we announced these intentions, we were maybe 5,000 to 1 odds against us because Athens was the prohibitive favorite to get the centennial of the Olympic Games. There were wonderful cities bidding against us from around the world, additionally, who had long-time connection to the Olympic movement. And, um, you know, we just passionately believed in our city. We believed in the American South. We believed the, wor the world needed a dose of the friendliness and hospitality of the American South. And we were just we were just a family. It's like you know we were like bragging on our grandchildren. 
Gotcha. That's the way we conducted our effort. So when you heard the news, and I remember I, I was in New York at the time, and we saw it on the news uh, when it was broadcast, and it was announced it was coming to Atlanta. Um, well, first question. It's kind of a two-part question. What was the feeling in that room when you got the news? Um, and, and you know, we could we we could you know want to hear that, but I also want to hear why do you think they did pick you? Because as you said, Athens was it's Athens, Greece. The Olympics started in Greece, yes, the hundred year anniversary yes. of the Olympics. That would be the obvious choice. Why do you think they picked you? And what was the reaction when you heard the news? Well, and those are great questions as well. I'll, I'll tell you my personal reaction, and people have laughed at me. I mean, I had been working on this tirelessly, sleeplessly for over two years, five o'clock in the morning to 11 o'clock at night, ending every night, giving a speech somewhere, trying to get help, traveling around the world to a hundred con- countries. Most of the times with Andy in tow, because nobody knew who I was. And so we, we were so focused on the effort that we were making, um, we when when we won, we were not surprised because we believed that throughout that two-year process that we had indeed made close and sincere friends. So at the end, at the end of the campaign and during our speeches that day, when the vote took place, we were asking our friends to help us to believe in us, to, to, to give us this, this great Olympic effort that entrust us uh, with uh, performing in a way that would advance the Olympic movement and specifically the ideas of the Olympic movement, which, of course, is uh, we can love each other um, a lot more successfully than we can fight each other. And then uh, why do you think they picked you? Because of that friendship or... Yes. You know, and that's a strategy we worked out. And I told everybody, and actually Andy did this, and I, I don't get credit for it. Andy convinced me as the guy who was actually putting together the strategy that at the end of the day, your friends will vote for you. So the process of lobbying to win the games was no more than the process of making friends. Hmm. And Andy Young taught us that, and he convinced me of that. And I believe when we walked into that room the day that we made our final presentation and they voted, I believed that we had made those kinds of friendships. So as we celebrate the 90, I I have just two final things. The first is as we celebrate the 90 years young of Ambassador Young, um, and we have Billy Payne on the phone with us, would you say that is an endearing, the endearing legacy is that quote that you just made that at the end of the day, your friends will always vote for you? Yes, sir. Can you explain I'm that conv- a little bit? I'm, I'm convinced of that. Um, you know, I, can, I, I think I may be able to convince it in, in the context of, of the life Andy has lived to a, to a smaller degree, the life I have lived. Um, notwithstanding whatever talents people ascribe to Andy Young and, again, to a much lesser extent to me, the secret to Andy's success has been his ability 
to convince people that he loves them and that their interests are his interests. And he does that better than any human being I've ever seen. And so he has lived a life where he is a politician when he had to be, a businessman when he had to be, but he is always a preacher. He is always convincing us that through effort, through dedication, through living the proper life, and through loving each other, you can become successful. Billy Payne, um, I'd like to ask you one last question. Two things are happening at the same time. Mr. Mm-hmm. Ambassador Young's 90th birthday, which we just talked about, and his importance right, to the Olympic right. movement, but also the Tuesday, March 15th, the Tuesday after the weekend ending the um, the whole you know uh, series of events, um, yes, is the 100th anniversary of straight, 100 years straight of broadcasting for WSB, Tuesday, March 15th. I'd like yes, to sir. ask you one question. Uh, one question is to you know how what role did WSB play in um in you know in in the in, in getting the Olympics here? Um, how did they yes, promote sir. it? How did they talk about it? Everything like that. But I also would like you to say something that we'd like to play on our Scott Slade's um, Atlanta Morning News. Just a something a soundbite from you um, a- about celebrating a hundred years of broadcasting. Yes, sir. Uh, well, I'll answer the question uh, dispositively first in that throughout the the effort to win the games, you know, I, I started as a completely unknown young lawyer, barely could make enough money to pay my mortgage. And, and I, first of all, WSB was the first uh, news organization that took the effort seriously, which I, which I, for which I was immensely grateful because it's hard to take something seriously when this crazy guy is advocating an idea that that has a 10,000 to one probability of failure. And yet WSB originally through their sports department uh, embraced it uh, seriously as a commendable effort of the city of Atlanta and something that the private sector should be involved in. Secondly, I personally developed a great friendship with Jim Kennedy throughout the process, and he was always, always a man that I would go to in difficult times to to ask his wisdom. And he was quick to help me, and he was quick, of course, to be the journalist when I was trying to invade into territory right. I, I wasn't supposed to, you know, control the news. Right. And he he showed me where the line was and yet we became uh great friends and I and I love him dearly as I do the current CEO Alex Taylor. So uh Cox Communications WSB has a profound uh connection uh to the Olympic effort all the way back to its very beginning. And what would you like to say, any kind of birthday greeting uh, that we can clip out of this? I'm, I'm going to clip this part here, but if we could clip out of this, any birthday greeting you have to our um, 100th anniversary celebration? Sure. I would like to be um, one of those in a long line of people who would oh, salute. M- Mr. Payne? WS. Yes, sir. If you could say, this is Billy Payne, so we could clip it okay. as a standalone. Go ahead. Got it. Got it. Uh, This is Billy Payne, and I want to thank and salute WSB and the entire organization 
for what you've done for Atlanta for these long hundred years in terms of honesty, integrity, your broadcasting capability, the way you embrace important projects for the community. You're owed a great uh, debt of gratitude, and um, I want to be one of the first to thank you. Thank you, uh, Mr. Payne. God bless you. Thank you so much for participating. Um, and um, I look forward to seeing you at the gala. But um, God bless you, sir. And, 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 I do as well. And um, I, I just want to say this. Um, you know, this is not for broadcast, but, you know, there's a lot of people out there, myself included. I may keep this in, but myself included, who we say we're going to do things. In my situation, it was I'm going to be on the radio. I'm going to be on talk radio. And yes, sir. people laugh at you. You know, people say, oh, that'll never happen, you know, yeah. and and when you yeah. when you hear stories like you guys in the Olympics and bringing it to Atlanta, it, it makes us feel better about our dreams because it, 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 it just proves sure. that it's possible. Well, it it um, and, and so appropriately now with uh, at Andy's birthday celebration, I can state unequivocally and notwithstanding me or any of the other people who believed at the beginning had there been no Andy Young standing by our side, there would have been no Olympics in Atlanta. My man. God bless you, Mr. Payne. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. Bye-bye. You as well. Thanks. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.